How's it going, everybody? This is Whosoever Will. I'm Forrest. I'm Hunter. And we are here to tackle the tough questions. One take at a time. And so our topic today is, are you searching for your salvation? Uh, it's, a, it's a great day. Uh, it's the first time we've been back in a while, but yep. this time we have a guest with us. So we pulled through and uh, kept our promise. He's here. Uh, he, he's around the same age as us. He's a college student. Uh, he's a preacher. Uh, this is Keaton Stakely. Good to be here with you guys. I'm listening to a couple of your other podcasts, and so I'm happy and I'm honored that you all had me on today. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm going to start off, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, one, that salvation is, does it constitute works, and what does that mean exactly uh, when people talk about faith without works? Uh, you say through faith, but your works don't matter. Um and we're talking about if you can lose your salvation, and then, but we're going to start off with what is your salvation and what is salvation exactly? Um, salvation is the free gift of God. He sent His Son. It began in the garden with the first sin, and that obviously has just brought us to where we are now. We're born into sin. We're born with the need of a Savior, mm-hmm. and so Christ bridge the eternal gap between us and God because of our failure, because of our choice to go against Him. There had to be the shedding of blood, right? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And the greatest example of that, the one that fulfilled it for all time, was Jesus Christ when He came. And so when the Holy Spirit convicts us that, hey, that's not on our lives, and we say, okay, I I need that, and we acknowledge that, salvation right right there. And so it kind of goes back... um, to my testimony, you know, I love to share it at any any time I can. I was saved when I was seven years old, and uh, the pastor was preaching, and he said something so simple, and it was, um, there's sin in your life, like the house. He's kind of made your soul seem as though it was a house. He's like, there's sin that is taken up abode you could say in your house and jesus wants to come in and sweep that out right Mm -hmm. and so i was like the holy spirit convicted me he's like hey you have sin in your life and you need me in there and i was like i do and so at that point i was saved it wasn't some huge long prayer it wasn't you know all the grandeur sometimes that it's made out to be it was just the conviction of the holy spirit in my life me acknowledging that you know, it wasn't, and I guess that kind of segues into what we're going to talk about here in a minute, but it wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't, yeah. you know, the fact that I came to church for however many years or the fact that I went on so many mission trips or the fact that I've done this good or the fact that I've done that good. It wasn't about that. It was the free gift of Christ. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the most beautiful things about salvation is its simplicity. You know, the smallest of children can understand. That's why it's a great thing that, to bring your kids, no matter how young they are, to church. Is because it, even if they're not paying attention, they hear it, and so they're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my testimony personally is not anything close to that. Um, I was raised in church, uh, just like the rest of you guys. Um, thought I was saved at the age of eight, but I wasn't. Um, and deep down, I knew shortly thereafter, um, maybe a year or two, that I knew I wasn't saved. And I, but I just kept on living that life for uh, several years until I was 16 when I was truly saved. Um, but a, a huge thing of that is we as people like to overcomplicate things. 
um, there, there's a song that I listen to, and in uh, in one verse it says, uh, "We ignore the plain, but prefer the riddle." And I think that's uh, one of the biggest things of us as hum- humans. It's just part of humanity. I think that we want to look for the things that just seem so 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 hard to understand. We want to be able to understand them. But the easiest thing to understand is the most important part. And I think part of that also yeah. stems from seeing in the Old Testament all these things that happen and all these great things, that, mm-hmm. you know, the Exodus and things of that nature, that we want that to happen in our own lives. But what happens with salvation is so much greater. greater. Than yeah, it's exactly right. It's happened. exactly right. And a lot of those, most every one of them, point to Jesus Every Christ. one of them. That's exactly right. And, yep. and so when, when you look at things like Abraham's life and, uh, the sacrifice of, of Isaac uh, in David's life, the entirety of David's life, it all points to Christ and, and salvation and raising us from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so simple too, just like you said, Keith. You know, when you prayed that prayer, it wasn't anything grand or huge, like you know you would think the Pharisees or the Sadducees would say. You know, all this, you know, stuff. It's it's just simple. It's just a, an acceptance, an admittance that you're lost and without God, and that you need Him, mm-hmm. and, and asking Him to come into your heart. It, it'd be just like um, if I went out before I came this, you know, and did this podcast today, and I brought a gift to both of you guys, you know, and said, "Here, I got this for you." And you know, you don't have to pay me for it. You don't have to trade me anything for it. You didn't do anything to earn it. I just want to give you this gift. All you have to do is accept it. I'll just thank you. Take it. And, you know, that's it. It's yours. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do anything for it. And that's how salvation is. You go to God, and God's got you the gift. He provides it to you. I mean, He comes to you, you know, with the, you know, telling you that you need Him. You know, you feel that on your heart um, at the age of accountability, and you know it. I mean, because it's not like anything else. It's that feeling where God's just telling you, hey, you know, you need me in your life. And you can tell who, what it is. It's, you know, just like, You've t- told me many a times, Hunter, and you've always said, and we've experienced it. You know, you make excuses. You know, like you said um, uh, before the podcast earlier, that you know you'll go to church, and when you feel that on your heart, you'll say, "I just got a stomach ache or just indigestion or whatever." You know, yeah. but it's not. Severe. You know it. Yeah, severe, severe. <laughs> but all you have to do is accept it, and you'll come into your heart. It's as simple as that. It really is simple. Um, so this kind of leads us into our, our next. I guess it's like a sub-point. It's not one of the big three. Bullets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what does it mean, once you are saved, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Like how, it's, it's one of the ways that we can know we are saved. It talks about that uh, in, in James. But, um, Keaton, what's, what's one th- or what are a few things that constitute what it means to be saved? So you're going to have fruit in your life. Um, I think the most important, though, because we can still sin. And I think there's, even at my church, there's a lot of leaders now that had said, hey, whenever I was younger, I was saved, maybe like through college age and stuff. But they were like, I did not live like it. Mm -hmm. I did not live like it. But they did say they were like, there was something inside of me, and they knew what it was. They're like, the Holy Spirit convicted me all the way through that point in time, even in my sin, whenever I was choosing to live in sin, there was something inside me. The Holy Spirit was convicting me that, hey, I'm not living the way that God has called me to be living, right? And so that is something in the Christian's life um, after salvation that occurs as well, is that, that, that conviction of the Holy Spirit of how we're supposed to live and look more like Christ with each day that we spend, right? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like you said about uh, those preachers and pastors talking about when they were younger and, and they were in sin and they they knew that it wasn't right. I think a lot of times this has this happened uh, personally in my life uh, since I've been saved is when I'm doing those things that I shouldn't be doing and the Holy Spirit convicts me, I'll say that it's not the Holy Spirit and say it's something else because I know it's wrong, but you don't necessarily want to stop doing it at that point mm-hmm. uh, because we're sinful. Um, now, it comes to a point where the Lord says, enough is enough, you're going to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you will be reprimanded for those things because we're His children. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what the Holy Spirit does is before you get to that point, it's like, you better quit. Yeah. You better stop. Yeah. You know, this This is not right. You're not using your body to glorify God. You know, you, we're told uh, multiple times that our bodies are temples to God yes. because He lives within us. And so when you're doing those things, and uh, especially things like sexual sin, which is just an absolute slap in the face because you're using your body. Yeah, that, in a way you're it's not, never intended to yeah. be used, yeah. You're not, you know, just lying and cheating and stealing. Mm-hmm. You're you're sinning against your own body. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the sin and those things, and you don't necessarily want to stop, and even though you know it's wrong, you say, eh, it's not the Holy Spirit. You know, it's just something else. Uh-huh. I'm not feeling good. And it's almost like an audible voice to me, because you know. I mean, it's yeah, just you within the deep, deepest part of your soul. Like you, you know. don't really hear hear it, but you yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, you know. He convicts. Yeah. It, it's conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of times in our churches – we treat conviction as a bad thing, right? We yeah. treat it as we try to push it away and push it down mm-hmm. and not pay attention to it because it's something that's uncomfortable for us, right? Yeah. It's something yeah. that we're like, yeah, I don't like this. This shouldn't be here. Yeah. Why? It's because we want to live the way we want to live yeah. and God help anybody that tries to tell us any different, yeah. right? And, and that's a change. Yeah, that's a big issue, I think. And so I think that comes a lot with reading the Bible, but we have to treat conviction as a good thing because it's Christ showing us like, hey, I'm trying to make you more like me. If you'll just quit being stupid for a second and listen to me and what I'm trying to tell you. And then, yeah, and so I think that's where a lot of us are. I've been there. We're trying to push that stuff back and be like, ah, that's not what God's saying. I mean, for us as a denomination, uh, people joke about it all the time, you know, people sitting on the pews all the time. You've got your one row that you always sit on. Oh, yeah. If somebody different came to the church and they sat there, you'd be like, what's going on? (laughs) Do they not know? They don't get here. Yeah. But to me, that's just so wrong because that goes against everything that we're here to do. It's it's not to be comfortable. It's not to, you know, have your own spot in your pew. It's to go out and preach the gospel to all the nations. We're not. Yeah. Now, the church is is here for us to grow and to exhort others and to exemplify Christ and give glory to God. But it's not here for you to just come Sunday mornings and sit there for for an hour, an hour and a half, and then go to mm-hmm. Mexican and eat, and go to Mexican restaurant, eat your taco salad, and then go home and do whatever you want right, to for yeah. the rest of the week. Yeah. That does nothing but appeal to your flesh. Absolutely. And in that context, you're not even going for the right reason. No, mm-hmm. you're, you're not. You're it's a mockery, really. God. It's hypocrisy. Yep. Um, so... The next thing we're going to talk about, uh, that, that sounds a little bit like works too. We like to go to church to. to <laughs> it is. That. I mean, it is. Um, Can be. Yes. But Keaton, what does it mean exactly that works has nothing to do with our salvation? 
Because it sounds awful, but at yeah. the same time, it's also the best thing ever. Yeah, so it's kind of like Forrest said, it's a free gift. God gave it to us. There's nothing that we could do to merit it. And um, I had a, there was a, a quote, and I'll have to, I can pull it up later in just a second, but it was something along the lines of how many buckets of water does it take to fill the in, the eternal and infinite gap between us and between God, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it can't happen, you know, yeah, and that's, yeah. the, that's the principle that it's getting at. And here we see in Ephesians 2 is like the first verse. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. You were dead, dead. Dead people don't work. Don't Dead people don't do things. That, uh, life oh yeah. Um, so like a lot of times, salvation is pitched as an idea that hey, you're out on this sea of life and you're drowning, and Christ comes by and throws you a life preserver, something along those lines, you know. And that in itself is really works if you think about the metaphor that way because you're keeping yourself afloat, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're right. So. Yourself up there. Yeah, and that's not yeah, that's not a, a good metaphor. Um, that's a good point. True, truly, what's happening in that situation? What happened is that you and I, as saved people now, were dead at the very bottom, the very lowest point of that ocean, an eternally dropping ocean, and we were at the very bottom of that, you know. Right. And there was nothing to indicate life in our in our lives at all. Nothing, nothing at all. But what did Christ do? He bridged that gap between. He came down to where we were, took the the skeleton, the, the what we were, the sin. He took our sin, laid in that tomb of sin and of death for us, got up out of that, took what we were, and gave us right. what He is. Man, that's good. That's what propitiation is all about. He did that and brought us back out of that darkness, yeah. out of that. He pulled us from that. And now what point about that makes it sound like you have anything to do with it. Absolutely. You don't at all. And it's yeah. like we had talked about a little bit earlier. If you have a dead horse out there and you hook a plow up to the dead horse and try to go plow a garden, what's going to happen? Nothing. Nope. Nothing. It's going to lay there. Why? Because it's dead. The same thing applies for me and you spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. It does not matter what you do outside of the Holy Spirit, outside of being reborn. You will never, ever merit salvation. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, we're not... This is not just us talking about stuff. This is backed up by scripture yep. in multiple places. We're not just sitting here babbling because that, that wouldn't mean anything. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't. But this is the epitome of Christianity. This is mm-hmm. what this is why we were called little Christians is to be like Christ because Christ came and He gave Himself for us and put Himself in our place and gave us life and quickened us up. Right? Yeah, it's a fundamental. You know, yeah, I don't. Y'all have heard of the five solas yeah. of the Reformation: sola gratia, sola fide. You know, all of those, as you go down through there, it's those alone, and it's Scripture alone, Christ alone, faith alone, um, grace alone, and for God alone, for the glory of God alone, right? Mm-hmm. And so what well, has nothing, there's nothing about us in that. It's right. Christ alone, grace alone, not grace alone plus what Keaton can do on the side over here. Right. Grace alone plus baptism, right? It's <laughs> not about any of that. Mm-hmm. It's about grace through faith. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is people get it mixed up so much because there are certain works that Christ tells us that we're supposed to do in the Bible. 
Now, those works aren't meant to earn us our salvation, but to help us move closer to Him and help other yeah. people see who He no is. They'll prove salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it come literally come down to this, as awful as it sounds, if we didn't do this podcast, and you two are preachers, if you've never preached, if you've never taught any Sunday schools, if some people may just stop going to church. I mean, it'd be a miserable life. But if you're saved, you're saved. You know, you're going to heaven. But, you know, Christ doesn't ask us to do that. Are you saved? Sure. But, you know, that's the way to grow closer and, uh, as you said, Keaton, help other people see Him and grow the family of Christ. And you're going to be miserable if you don't. I mean, me sitting here thinking about, like right now, if I told myself, okay, I'm going to walk out of this podcast and I'm just going to leave church. I'm never going to come back to church and I'm never going to do this podcast. I'm never going to read my Bible again. I'm never going to pray again. There's no way I could do that. You know, that would just be absolutely miserable. Yeah, you, know, you would be. Saying, you would be. Good luck. Yeah, that would, there's no way. Because that That's really a challenge to God. Yeah, um, exactly. God will break you one way or another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll find a way. Yeah. And, and you may never concede, um, just being our human pride. Mm-hmm. You may never concede. However, God will break you. You will yeah. be a broken person. Yes. Um, And that's like we talked about earlier with uh, being reprimanded for our sin. And it's not because he hates us and because he, no. you know, it's out of love. That's it's exactly just like right. a parent with a child. When your child's doing something wrong, like say you have something on the stove and it's really hot and you're like you're cooking dinner and your kid runs up there, he's just gotten tall enough where he can reach up and he reaches up there and touches it, burns his hand. That's how he knows not to do that anymore because yeah. it hurt. Exactly. And so when we, when we start sinning, we become numb to those things. Mm-hmm. And so God is there to show us that it hurts. Yeah. Death. God's going to chastise when we us. Start sinning, you become numb to those things. Mm-hmm. I've done that in my own life, where you just get in, in a horrible rut in sin, and you just you, you come to church and nothing really speaks to you anymore. You don't really want to be there, but then God will God will wake you back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that we were talking about. Um, Grace and uh, works, and we're faith saved by faith through grace. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier with uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints. Um, that's what their their true name is. We know them as Mormons and Mormonism, uh, but they refer to themselves as the Church of Latter Day Saints. Um, and so, a, a huge thing with them. There are several things that are that are really wrong about that religion. Like they believe their own little gods and. Uh, once they pass to the afterlife, they'll have their own earth that they can have their own children and have their own. Uh, it's just a big use mess. Mm-hmm. But another thing is they believe that they're saved by grace through faith after all that they can do. And, and really, if I had to trust in my own works to be able to go to heaven, I would be extremely disappointed yeah because yeah. i know that all the good that i can do will never outweigh the bad that i've all that i've done mm-hmm. yeah no by any means yeah my my question would be then where's the line right where's the line in the sand at because what if this person has done all they can do but it's not as good as all this person can do right i mean right. is it some sort of subjective salvation where this this person's salvation didn't really mean as much as this person's salvation because all this person could do was less than all that person mm-hmm. could do. That doesn't make sense because yeah. it puts weight on sin, right? And it puts yeah. it, it makes the 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 sacrifice of Christ meaningless. 
what, so, what uh, uh, people that you know are are mentally disabled or physically disabled, where they're they're mentally. Uh, um, oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, they're, they're able to do things, but they're not physically. Able you, to yeah, do not things. as much as this but person's also able, able to do. To sin. They also yeah. have the sinful thoughts. What are they supposed to do? Yeah. Good thoughts all the time. It's right. so, a good point. Yeah, that, I, there are things that just make absolutely no sense. No, that. yeah, that there's a lot of fallacies that, uh, in that. Our, our last point is: Can you lose your salvation? And that's a great point with the line. Is what if God gave yeah. us a line? We would all have our toes right on, on that the line edge as far as they would go. Uh, I know you play ball. When we were younger, we played in junior high. And whenever you start to go run sprints, you got as close to that line as you possibly could. But our coach says, if you get your toe over that line, you're done. We yeah. got to do we got to do like ten more. And so, if there was a line for us to cross, we would be looking over it. Mm. I mean, right as close as we could possibly get. Yep. But instead, we're supposed to run from that, from whatever that line uh, is, into Christ and to be like Him. Exactly. You got anything? I feel like I can I can really see that too. But going on that point and the one you just made about people with the works, I just got one more point on that. Uh, you know, you talk about there's a lot of people out there that may look like strong, good Christians mm-hmm. and may not be. Yeah, I play. True. I've played in a many a golf tournaments, and there's one golf tournament. I mean, I've done it multiple times, but I remember one in particular. I went up and played this guy, and whatever year it was, the clubs he had were like brand new. I mean, every one of them just came out that year. All of them newer than what I had by at least a year or so. Mm-hmm. His uh, shirt, he, uh, you know, it was like you could tell it was nice. It was tucked in. Everything was fancy. I mean, he had a brand new bag. You could tell he had money. You know, everything that kid had was like extremely nice. He had brand new Titleist Pro V1 golf balls. Everything. <laughs> I mean, so I was like, this dude's going to be good. And I'm paired up with him. We're the number ones. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a tough battle. I go out there, the dude can't hardly even get the ball off the tee. And I'm like, why do you have all? I mean, I thought you would be a stronger. But I just look at him from a distance. Yeah. I'm like, that guy out here is the best person here. There's no way anybody out here is going to beat that guy because just look at him, you know. And then you look at a guy over here that's like got the cheap stuff, and you're like, he ain't no good, you know. He's yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, I feel like that refers the Christian to a certain point. You know, there's a if it was based on works, you know, and based on how you look, you know, oh, there's yeah. a lot of guys out there, you know, that I'd be like, hey. That guy's the best Christian I know. You know mm-hmm. He's got to be going to heaven. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of lost people, and as sad as it is, a lot of lost people that are probably in good charities and doing stuff for the world and doing so much, and they're really, really yeah. good people to based on what we judge good people off of. But yeah. if they're not saved, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. you have to have that salvation, and you have to come to Christ because the looks and the works— it's not going to cut it as far as getting into heaven. So, and that's the thing too is like if you believe works based salvation, you will be a prideful human being. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's all about you, right? Exactly. And that's that's the the appeal of a works based salvation because it is not appealing to us to not have our hands in it to not be able to do something. I know, yeah, from a personal standpoint, I love to have control over a situation, yes. to analyze what's happening, especially, you know, being an engineer, that's what they teach us, right? Mm-hmm. They teach us to analyze everything that's happening and then come to the logical conclusion of, okay, this is the best fix for this situation. And it's like, that's not the way it is with salvation right. at all. It is a free gift. Yeah, you are given the gift completely and totally. And so mm-hmm. what what you do is... It doesn't matter. And for us to say that we have anything to do with it makes salvation useless. Let's just get that out there as well. It's not, yeah, it's not 
true salvation. Not true salvation. Why? Because it diminishes what Christ did on the cross. Yep, exactly. And it adds to ourselves. Yeah, it, it puts, and I guess this may kind of get into the third point, but it, it puts more weight on our sin than than the weight that uh, of Christ's sacrifice. It's saying that our sin is more powerful than Christ's sacrifice. That's why it's such a big heresy. I mean, it is... It is disgusting to God because it's making light of His sacrifice and saying, "Hey, God, it's not good enough." And I think J.D. Greer made a made a statement about it, and he was it was something along the lines of, "You didn't do enough to earn it, so you can't do enough to lose it." Mm-hmm. Right. I was yeah. like, "Well, that's pretty good." I was like, "That's, that's pretty good." Yeah. Yeah, you can go right into that last point if you want to of losing your salvation. Yeah, yeah, you you can't. <laughs> short and straight simple. Up. Yeah, short, simple, straight up. You can't. There's no. Yeah. You can't lose your salvation because no. of what we just said. It diminishes when Christ has you. It's for all eternity. It doesn't matter the amount of sin that you do in your lifetime past justification. Once you are justified, see, there's word. There's a word for justification in the Bible. There is not a word ever written in the Bible that is unjustification. Mm-hmm. That's not a word. Right. It's not a word. Yeah. It's not a word. Why? Because it's a one-time deal. When you are justified, you are justified for all of eternity. Well, that's like right. when people use the the courtroom analogy. And, you know, you're standing before the judge, and uh, Christ walks in. He's he takes your place. You're justified. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you come back the next time. You know, like because of the same situation of whatever crime you committed, you don't come back for the same sins because Christ justifies you. Yeah, but like we've talked about in sanctification and stuff, you know that that we continue to be more like Christ, and we shouldn't want to sin all the time and uh, yeah. it should bother us. Um, but we are justified. Yeah, and another JD Greer had another good point. He was like, Jesus is not in heaven saying, "Okay, God, forgive Hunter. He did, you know, he did this today. Just forgive him this one time. Mm-hmm. Then you sin again tomorrow." And Jesus is like. Yeah, God, I know he sinned again, but just just, just give him this one, okay? Just don't hold this to his charge. Then you do it again. He's like, I know God. I know he sinned. Just don't punish him, please. Don't, you know, He's not doing that in heaven. He's saying, when you sin, he's saying, hey, God, you can't punish him because you punished me for that sin. Yeah. And that's, gosh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. He did. He poured out his wrath on Christ. Christ took the punishment that was rightfully ours and gave us his perfection, put his blood over us. And so why would we ever think that we could lose that? Why would we ever think that our sin is strong enough to break the the blood covenant that was made right. when Christ died? Mm-hmm. You can't. When, when we talk about um, you know Christ being on the cross and his sacrifice, I believe the hardest part of that sacrifice wasn't you know all, all the beatings he took for it and, and being on the cross and the, the physical agony that he was in. But it was the weight of sin of all the world, everything before then, everything at that moment, and everything afterward mm-hmm. that was being put on him, and God had to turn his back from him. I believe that was the heart because it was his father turning. He couldn't look at him, and God's wrath being poured out upon him. It wasn't, you know, hanging upon the cross and dying. That was the hardest part for Christ because they're one. I mean, the, the, the Father and the Son are one with the Holy Spirit, and that would be the heart. I, we can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. We will never be able to understand it. But that's the kind of love that God has for us and was sending His Son for us. 
when you get into talking about losing your salvation and works-based stuff, people who are generally proponents of a work-based salvation or the fact that you can lose your salvation, which all that ties into one. Uh, there's a lot of different sects that... Mm-hmm. S-E-C-T-S. <laughs> sects. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But that... that that believe that way, you know, and, um, John MacArthur had a good thing. I'm going to read a, a little excerpt from one of his commentaries, but people generally go to Hebrews six to try and prove their point of saying you can lose your salvation. And so, um, if you don't know what Hebrews six is, you can just go read it. It's in the, the first part of it there, but this is verses four through six. And then I'm going to read a little bit of what John MacArthur has to say about that because it's really good. Um, it says, the verses, this is 6, 4 through 6, Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the, of the heavenly gift and, been, and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify themselves, the Son of God, and put Him to open shame. So if you were to read that without delving into what it is, you would think that, right? You would think that you could lose your salvation. And that's, again, another point, which I don't have time to get on to, but it's like when you study the Word, it should be taken with a... There's a certain severity that you should take studying the Word with because you're opening the very Word of God. And so we need to make sure that when we study this, we're saying, hey, God, show me and make sure that this is right. Yeah. Um, but anyway... So the the passage that John MacArthur, his commentary on this, it says, Still speaking to the unsaved who have heard the truth and acknowledged it, but to the but to but who have hesitated to embrace Christ, the Holy Spirit gives a fourth warning, the crux of six, one through eight. Summarized, the warning is you had better come to Christ now, for if you fall away it will be impossible for you to come again to the point of repentance. They were at the best point for repentance full knowledge again it's a head knowledge of what was happening but not a heart Um, to fall back from that would be fatal because they believe the warning is addressed to Christians many interpreters hold that the passage teaches that salvation can be lost now this is the part that we really want to focus in on that's really more of a a fatal blow to this kind of thinking if this interpretation were true however the passage would teach would also teach that once lost salvation could never be regained if after being saved a person lost his salvation he would be damned forever there would be no going back and forth in and out of grace but christians are not being addressed and the opportunity and it is the opportunity for receiving salvation not salvation itself that can be lost that's what he's talking about there. Yeah. And so that was a very good point because a lot of these people believe that you can come in and out of it, yeah. right? You can yeah. lose it, but then you can regain it. And they point to this passage, but this that exactly what that said. If you go by what that passage is saying, once you sin, you're done. That's it for you. You're, there is no more salvation after that. And so that's that was a pretty good thing that kind of enlightened that passage and helped me uh, um, kind of get through that one. I was talking to somebody who believed those things and you know it's just like a private conversation um, I would have questions like what if you had just sinned in your in your house and then you decided you had to go to the you know the store just on an errand and you got in a wreck a fatal wreck and died what happens yeah. you know if you've been saved up to that point and you've never you, 
I mean, it's it's impossible. And you would never sin for, I don't know, however long that you, between that time when you were saved and when you uh, lost it in, in your home when you did sin, does that not account for anything? And that, again, goes back to the works. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just makes no sense. It's not logical to believe no. that. If Christ right. came once to die for the sins of all humanity, That's there's it. no way that one person can lose their no. salvation for mm-hmm. sin at one time. Right. And no amount of sin that you do within your salvation after you've been saved will do anything to... Because like we talked about, justified is justified. You can't be unjustified. Yeah, and it's not like we're here like trying to bash these people who believe this. Yeah. We're here out of a, a heart that cares for them, right? Because mm-hmm. these people who believe this are living in bondage. I mean, there is no... I'm, <laughs> this is an extreme amount of bondage to believe that you're oh, right on the edge oh, yeah, yeah. of losing your salvation. Your eternity is not secure, right? Your eternity is based upon how you live from day to day, whether or not you smart off to somebody or whether you don't. Your eternity hangs in the balance of that. And there, gosh, that is such a bondage. And Satan loves to keep people right there. And so people know. need to know what the, what the Bible says, the truth. Yeah. I don't know how you would worship God with a whole heart. That. Oh yeah, no, dude. That, that would if you yeah. That Christ's sacrifice wasn't enough to keep you. You safe couldn't. Forever, yeah, he wouldn't be worthy well, of worship. Would, yeah. <laughs> why, why would there be worship? It would be than, us. Yeah, because that would mean that God's not all powerful, and mm. you know he he's not all good yeah. like he is. And so that's what we worship him for. Yeah, we he wouldn't him because of who he is and what he's done for us and how much he loves us. And that's what separates Christianity from any other mm-hmm. religion or cult. In the world is that salvation is not attainable. Salvation is not attainable by your works. By your works, it's not attainable that way. Everything else is that way. Everything else, you get Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, all of that stuff. Enlightenment, you know, it's how you going down this road to enlightenment. You figuring this stuff out, and it's not that way with Christianity. God came because you couldn't do anything about it. And he acted on your behalf and then gave you, gave us a salvation that we did not deserve. Yeah. Um, I believe me and Forrest did a, did a podcast similar similar to, you know, the different uh, religions and yeah. things of that nature. And we kind of touched on that. But things, you know, like, like Buddhism with their enlightenment and um, you have Hinduism um, and then you have you know things like Nirvana, which is very similar to Enlightenment. It's all about you know, like you say, going and attaining those things. Like you know, just go out in the woods and be a hermit and live by yourself, and yep. always be in meditation and fasting. And I mean, right. just killing yourself. Yeah. To, to to just exit the the, the samsara wheel where you're forever in this mm-hmm. uh, circle of you know, if I live a bad life here, I got to go down. If I live a good yeah. life, I'll come up mm-hmm. here. You know, it's just forever and ever. But with Christianity. It's once saved, always saved. And then you're in eternity with God and perfection with Him forever. Yep. And He's your Father there. And it's just it's going to be worshipped forever because He deserves it. And, yeah. and if you're saved, I heard this. Um, I don't exactly remember who said it. I wish I did. Um, it might have been Paul Washer. I'm not sure. But he said, if you don't want to worship God here, you will not want to in heaven. Yeah. And if that bothers you, because... It should because that's what heaven is forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you're not thinking about it here, something's wrong. Yeah. It's not streets of gold. It's not mansions. It's not all yeah. this. It's not all that. It's where Christ is. Yeah. 
it is where Christ is. And right. if if our picture of heaven is us on a tractor for the rest of our lives, you know, in heaven tilling a farmer, us playing baseball or us doing golf or whatever it is, and it's not about Christ. Like right. if we were to tell people, hey, you could there's a place waiting for you where there is no pain, there is no sorrow, you get to sit and you can watch TV all day or whatever it is, but Christ is not there, how many people would still want to go there? Right? right, because there's a lot of songs, especially in our Southern Baptist churches, that <laughs> that yeah that that make heaven something yeah. that exactly. uh, humanistic, and it's not about God, it's not about Christ, it's not about where He is, because heaven is where Christ is at. Exactly, and, and uh, yeah, um, something my grandfather always said. I remember it. Uh, he would pray, and many a time I heard him pray. He said. Uh, you know, I know heaven's great, and I know there's all kinds of great stuff there. But God, if you weren't there, I don't want to go. That's exactly. You know, he's right. saying, I know yeah. that that there's nowhere greater than heaven as mm. far as what we can't even imagine what it's like. But without Christ, you know, He said, I don't want to go. And that's it. what you have to, you know, learn. That with, I mean, even if you have to go to a very tough place, you need to be able to know that you need to go where Christ is mm-hmm. because that is the whole point of heaven. So. Mm. Um, I don't have anything else uh, for the for the, uh, personally for this episode. If if you two have anything else, no, I don't pretty think good so. conversation, fellas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, we're all, we're always down for good conversations, and we like to record it. And put it on yeah. YouTube. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in all reality, these conversations need to be had. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Important. It's not necessarily you know, it's it's not us doing a really good job at it. You know, we're we're not anything special at all um it's just stuff that we've learned and 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 we're passionate about because we believe that christ has shown it to us yeah we know what christ Uh, has done in our own lives yeah exactly and and we know that there are a lot of other religions and and i I know that each person that believes in any other religion they all believe that they have the truth at the same uh intensity as we do um and they all hit small points that are similar to a point, I don't. I'm sure you've noticed that a yeah. lot. When we've they got do that, have some we've got in that there. world religion class, and we've learned about a lot of them. And every time we learn about one, I always try to take notes, and I always try to pick out one or two things where I'm like, "Of course, it's stretching." But there's certain things where it's like I can see where they're, you know, getting mixed yeah. up, but they can get it. And the closest one I've seen is the last one we learned about before Judaism, the Zoroastrianism, I think is mm-hmm. what it was called. You know, it seemed in so many places how it was just similar. A lot of things. I was like, at first it when is. he was explaining, I'm like, is he explaining Christianity and well, he just it, messed it's up, a, you know? It's a Persian religion. Yeah. Too. So it just comes down to the one point, though, the salvation mm-hmm. and knowing Jesus is the mm-hmm. one thing they don't have, and that's the most important thing. So well, and That's what delivers people from bondage. Exactly. Yeah, any, any other... Anything else other than Christ and Him crucified will produce nothing but bondage and an eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. And it can be boiled exactly. down to that. Yeah. And, you know, that uh, I heard a quote where somebody uh, said, it's not the intensity of your faith that matters because we can all be so intense. Oh, yeah, I get up there and scream you, for it. Yeah. You can come out here and think that the grace world is the God of the universe and be super <laughs> yeah. intense yeah. and just feed them nuts every day. You can do that. But that doesn't make it true. We would call right. that person a lunatic. Mm-hmm. But it's the truth of your faith is what matters. Mm-hmm. What, the consistency of what it is and who it is and what you believe in that makes it true. 
Um, so I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. So, yeah. so we thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you, Keaton, for coming and talking with us. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was great to have you here. Yeah, well, um, we, it's been a while, Hunter, since we were able to yeah, have an episode. Sorry, we just wanted to tell everybody out there, you know, we apologize for not having one. But I feel like we made up for it a little bringing Keaton here. You know, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kind of brings it up. Yeah, yeah, we we'll probably get less viewers than me on here. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just our boring selves. Um, we'll have another one up. Uh, pretty soon we've already got a plan for another one mm-hmm. uh, this one will just be by ourselves sorry um, <laughs> have to deal so, with it <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening and uh, again Keaton thank you for being here thank you everybody. thank you